Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. Thank you, Lord, for this moment. I'm excited, church, to be in church. I am. And we've been focusing on foundations, family, Holy Spirit and missions at Highway in the last couple of weeks. And today I get the privilege of speaking about the Holy Spirit. And um, I felt the expectation. I felt the weight. Because I said, Lord, I get to speak about your Spirit. Do you know how powerful his Spirit is? And I felt challenged. I felt super challenged. And the Lord took me to some place that at first I said, I don't know about that, Lord. I don't know enough about this. But then he started to, to take me on a bit of a journey this week. And as usual, when I'm not sure where to start, I start at the beginning. So I went to Genesis. And Genesis 2.7 says, And the Lord God formed man of, man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Adam came alive spiritually and physically. So I have called my message today, same breath. Same breath, okay. Have you ever heard of the, the term kiss of life? I hope none of you have ever had to have it. Because <laughs> kiss of life means you need to be resuscitated. <laughs> it means you've lost your breath, okay. And it actually means that someone has to blow a fresh breath into you so you can breathe. And um, I don't know about you if you've ever done any exercise, but I used to run. And the thing that you would, would always get me every time, because I love to push myself harder and longer and faster, what would get me every time was when I'd lose my breath and I couldn't breathe and I had to stop. And uh, as I prayed this morning, I felt God say to me, many of you have lost your breath. You need a mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. You need a kiss of heaven, okay? And he led me. He led me to John 20, 19 to 22. And it says that evening, the disciples gathered together. This was just after Jesus had died and rose again. The same day he rose again, the the disciples had gathered together. And because they were afraid of reprisals, reprisals from the Jewish leaders, they had locked doors to the place where they met. But suddenly, Jesus appeared among them and said, peace to you. He says to you this morning, peace to you. And he showed them the wounds of his hands and side. And they were overjoyed to see the Lord with their own eyes. And Jesus repeated his greeting, peace to you. And he told them, just as the Father has sent me, I am now sending you. Then taking a deep breath, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. One translation that I read said, he said, receive the Ruach Hakodesh. Now, Ruach in Hebrew means breath or wind, and Hakodesh means set apart, holy. You see, that word blue, it's not anywhere else in the New Testament, but it's the same word that he blew, that God blew into Adam's nostrils. Same breath. Good, hey, I like that. So, Adam did come alive spiritually and physically. I think Genesis 2 and Genesis, and John 20 are connected, aren't they? Okay. See, the Bible says that you and I, we were dead in our sins. What did we need? Breath of life. The first day of salvation, what happened when we invited God into our life? We came alive. And you know, I actually got to witness this. I was with someone who I shared about the Lord and 
we just had this moment and she wanted to pray the salvation prayer. And so I sat, we were, we were actually at um, a restaurant in Sanctuary Cove, lots of people everywhere. And I grabbed her hand and she grabbed mine and we prayed the salvation prayer together. And the most incredible thing that I've never seen happen before, this girl, she had her eyes closed and all of a sudden she went, <gasps> and she got this big smile on her bright face and it was like she was just resuscitated back to life. And she said to me, what was that? The kiss of heaven. It was the kiss of heaven. God's breath. Job said, God's breath is life. Do you know that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that we're talking about this morning, has been at work from the very beginning all through. And so I kind of went on a little journey with the Holy Spirit because I kind of loved that word, Ruach, I loved it. It caught something in my spirit. And I said, okay, well, where else is that? And he led me to Genesis 1. Because again, right at the beginning, where was the Holy Spirit? Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, guess what? Ruach HaKadosh was hovering over the face of the waters, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Do you know what he does? The Holy Spirit actually partners with God's Word. And I love that God said, let there be light, and Holy Spirit, Spirit, switch the, click the switch. Can you see that? Let there be light. There's the Holy Spirit at work. I like that. You see, the Ruach HaKadosh was actually hovering. Now, that word hovering means he was fluttering. It was that, okay, think of it as wind and breath, fluttering, brooding over a dead, sterile, terrible, dark place. Nothing lived there. But the Holy Spirit, and actually another word for that word hover, is fertilize. Like I can just see him, the wind breathing over the darkness and he's fertilizing. What's he fertilizing? Everything that God imagined that was yet to come. The Holy Spirit is fertilizing what God wanted to birth in that place. What did he want to birth in that place? Light. Was that a prophecy of what was to come? Who's the light of the world? Right at the beginning, the Holy Spirit was prophesying light was going to come into the world. The Savior was going to born. He was going to burst into the dark world full of sin and sickness. And what was he going to do? Birth light and hope. Right at the beginning, the Holy Spirit was prophesying about the Savior. Oh, I love that the Holy Spirit loves to change the picture. Don't you? It's, and he was pointing us to Jesus right at the very beginning. Have you ever seen that? Have you seen that before? You're very quiet. Because I hadn't seen that. You see, what was dark became light. And what I loved was the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, Claire, in your dark places, the Spirit loves to hover. He loves to fertilize. He loves to brood over. He loves to imagine what God is about to do. And he's just waiting for the switch. He's just waiting for the promise. He's just waiting for you to say, but God said... And then he births something new, always birthing something new. It's so exciting. And my third point today, okay, and I love this one. This one spoke to me so much. The same breath that we're speaking about this morning brings resurrection life. We've been singing about this this morning, okay? We have been singing about this, and it always leads me to Ezekiel 37. What did God do? He took him to, took Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. Dead, dry, nothing. Stench of death everywhere. Just terrible place. You won't want to camp and sit in that, that valley. There was nothing there that was living. And God says, he says, in order for the bones to live, they're going to need breath. 
In order for the bones to live, they're going to need breath. So what does he tell them to do? He says, I'm going to cause breath to come over these bones. Okay, now isn't it interesting? We talked about the word ruach. Guess where the word ruach is? Surely I will cause ruach to enter into you and you will live. Wind, spirit. And as Ezekiel started to prophesy, we heard a sound. I heard a sound in this room this morning. I heard some rattling, David. I heard some rattling. See, when you start prophesying breath, when you start prophesying God's Holy Spirit into dead, dry places, there's going to be a change. There's going to be a sound. There was a sound over David's life when he stood and he came to the altar at that big meeting in New Zealand. Something shifted. There was a sound. Heaven was breaking through. And this is what happened in this valley, okay? So the valley had no breath. And so the the Lord said to him, you need to prophesy breath, ruah, son of man, say to the breath, Lord, Come from the four winds and breathe. Breathe on these slain that they may live. So what what does Ezekiel do? He prophesies. He says, breath, come. Ruah came into them. And what happened? They became a mighty, mighty army. Now, this this valley of dry bones, you know, I, I, I was thinking about it and I said, Lord, how does that relate to us? And he said to me, Claire, how often have you found yourself in a season of prolonged battle or period of loss or hope deferred? Or it's just plain tough. How many of us have found ourselves there? How many of us have actually come to that valley of dry bones and gone, nothing can live here. Done season. I just need to walk away. You know, last week, um, Pastor Caleb and Georgia had the originals conference and Caleb preached on the Friday night. We We were very blessed to be there. And Caleb said something that really spoke to me. He said, in this last season, and it's been a hard one. If, if anyone said it was easy, you're not where I'm, I'm sitting. It's been a hard one. It was hard for me. And he said, Caleb said, you know what? We lost our confidence. And immediately when Caleb said that, I saw a picture. And I saw this, because um, I agree, I lost my confidence too. And I saw this picture of a bow. And if you know a bow and arrow, to actually release the arrow, you've got to pull it back. You've got to, and it takes some effort to pull an arrow back. Have you ever tried? And then hold it there, because now you've got to aim. And the Lord said to me, many of you have felt you've taken two steps backwards in this season. And you know what? I felt that. Felt like, I just felt like, you know what? God, I wanted to be there by now. I'm still here. And he said to me, he said, Claire, don't you know that I'm pulling you back? to release you in a greater measure, to catapult you forward so direct that you're going to hit the bullseye and you're going to hit the mark. You're going to be releasing greater power than you've ever been before. I'm like, okay, I can live with that. Can you live with that? It's good, hey. But he said to me, he said, most of you are battling unbelief over your promise because it's been hope deferred for a long time. And you know when you first get a promise, it's like, yes, God, I can believe for that. Now, If it happens in a month, awesome, you're still in that high place of of faith. But if it takes years and years and years and years and you still find yourself battling the same giants and you're like, God, there's actually no breath left. Have you found yourself there? Is it just me? Has anyone else found themselves there? Because that's me, okay? And the Lord says, you know what, Claire, what journey he took me on this week was to remind me, same breath, same breath same breath is still at work. I'm like, okay, so the same breath that breathed into those dry bones is still at work? Okay, show me, God. 
Because he said, you know, out of the dry bones will come an army. Out of the very place where the enemy came to take you out. It's the very place God's going to transform and create something amazing. And you know why I know that? Because my fourth point is that the same breath is creative. Nothing is impossible. So I've come here today, if you've lost your breath, to remind you that nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible over that dry valley, that place where death came. And you know why I know? Because there was a young woman in the New Testament, and her name was Mary. And the Holy Spirit comes to her and he says, you well, an angel came to her and said, you will be pregnant with the Savior. And I guarantee she said, what? Really? Me? And this is what the angel says to Mary. The Holy Spirit, guess what? The Holy Spirit, Ruach HaKadosh, the breath will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And some translations said, spread his shadow of power over you in a cloud of glory. Now, where do we see the cloud of glory? The wilderness, Holy Spirit, same breath comes to Mary. I love that. So would you say Genesis 1, where he hovered, and Mary, Luke 1, He's hovering over Mary. Same breath? Yeah. And what did he do? The prophecy was fulfilled in that moment. Right at the beginning, he said, let there be light. Light came. He was prophesying the light of the world. Mary hovers over Mary. Prophecy fulfilled. How beautiful. Light entered our world. What happens when light enters a dark place? Hope comes. Hope comes. You see the same power? He wants to birth a new life. That every place where the light has been switched off, he wants the Holy Spirit to switch it back on and release fresh hope over your life. Don't ever underestimate the power of the Holy, Holy Spirit to create miracles. See, Mary was a virgin. It's impossible for Mary to have a baby. How was that going to happen? But what happened was the Holy Spirit came, the breath, the rock, overshadowed, brooded, fluttered, fertilized. Like, wow, I was excited because I've got some dead bones. Okay, I need that. But I want to tell you a story because this might just help you see the creative work of God. Have you ever heard of Smith Wigglesworth? Okay, so he was a mighty man, evangelist, moved in the spirit of God. This is a story that he tells. Okay, so many years ago, Smith Wigglesworth was staying with an Anglican minister. This minister had no legs. Okay, no legs. One night as they were fellowshipping together, Smith looked at this minister and said, tomorrow, go and buy yourself some new shoes. Remember, the man had no legs. The minister, thinking his friend was just playing a joke, paid little attention to what was said. On retiring, that, retiring to bed that night, the minister could not sleep. The words of Smith Wigglesworth kept coming to his mind. He arose from his bed and spent the night in prayer. The next morning, the minister went straight away to the local shoe shop. On entering the shop, he informed the salesman that he'd come to purchase a pair of shoes. And the, the salesman asked him what colour and what size that he wanted. And then seeing that the man had no legs, he said, oh, no, sorry, I can't help you. But the minister's faith was really high that day. And he quickly said, I'll take a size eight and a black. On bringing the shoes to the minister, he placed them on the ground, lifted his wooden stumps up and placed them in each shoe. As he did this, these stumps turned to real legs. See, Jesus said, greater things than these will you do because I go to the Father. That spirit is creative. Don't limit what he can do. He wants to invade the impossible places in your life, every place that's hard. He wants to breathe breath into that place. 
You know, that's awesome, hey? And number five, the spirit, I've actually got seven, just in case anyone's getting worried that I'm going to go on all day. Okay, I've got seven, so we're nearly there. The breath is intimate, okay? Jesus wants to be your friend. Now, what did Jesus do in John 20? He comes to the disciples and he blows. Now, if I'm standing here and Caleb's there, I'm blowing, can you get my breath? Can't feel it. So what would we have to do? Come in close. Jesus blew, same breath. Okay, same breath that God breathed into the nostrils of Adam. Jesus blew his breath and the disciples came up close. Can I tell you that the Holy Spirit's got your back? The Holy Spirit's in your corner. Did you know that? Holy Spirit wants you to win and the Holy Spirit is the one that walks alongside you. He's going to take you on your journey. He's actually really interested in every single part of your life. He's interested that you're a good dad, that you're a good mom. He's interested that you actually do well in your job. He's interested that you've got friends. He's interested that your kids are happy. He just wants your home full of life. Isn't that good, hey? You see, Jesus reminded us that he said to his disciples, I will ask the Father and he'll give you another Savior, the Holy Spirit of truth. And he will be to your friend, just like me. He will never leave you. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him intimately. Why? Because he's going to make his home inside of you. You see, Jesus lives in us through the Holy Spirit. How cool is that? Just think about that. That same breath that raised Adam, that, that created light, it's going to live inside of me and you. That's awesome. And if you let him, he's always going to lead you to Jesus. Always. That's the place he's going to take you when you're having a hard time. You see, John 15 reminds us if we live in that place, the byproduct of our life would be fruitfulness. Organic fruit would just come. You don't even have to look for your fruit. It's just going to come. Because out of that place of living with Jesus, there's just this amazing overflow of his spirit being poured out. And, you know, I, I think the Holy Spirit... It's very gentle and very kind, but he's also corrective. I remember there was a time um, that I failed an exam. <laughs> and it was quite an important exam because in New Zealand, you have to go for your university entrance. And I wasn't as bad as David, but I did play up a little bit. And I did have horses, and they were kind of like taking me off the path a little bit. So I come to my exams, and I didn't study. And a few weeks into January every year, everyone would get their results. And I remember going to the letterbox, opening up my results, and it said, failed. And I was like, God, how did you not answer my prayer? I asked you to help me. And do you know what the Holy Spirit said to me? He said, what you sow, you reap. <laughs> okay, I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. I remember the days I was studying... Um, to be a, a hematologist in hematology. And I was at Auckland Hospital. And um, <laughs> even though I learned my lesson, I still crammed. Okay, so the night before my big final exams, I am cramming, like ridiculously cramming. And I'm looking at all the stuff we'd learned, and I said, oh my goodness, <laughs> I should have started earlier. But, and I said, Holy Spirit, I know you're merciful. <laughs> Thank you for your mercy. Holy Spirit, would you show me what to study? And away I went. The next morning I get to my exam and I turn over the page. And do you know what? 90% of that exam was what the Holy Spirit had shown me to study. I topped my class, not because I was smart, but I had a helper. 
How good is that? This is the Holy Spirit who walks alongside us. He is so good. You know, the other day, someone gave me $50, and they, put a, they said to me, this is for, we're having a breakfast for the um, woman. That's to go towards that. So I popped in my back pocket, <laughs> and you know, you change clothes. And then I suddenly remembered, get the $50, bring it to church. I'm on my way from my bedroom to the car. Somewhere along there, it disappeared. Somewhere. And of course, it's not my money. So now I'm feeling so like, oh, well, where is it? God, what am I going to do with this? I need to find that money because it's not mine. And I looked everywhere. I'm telling you, everywhere. I stopped. Because isn't it funny how it's the last thing we do is to pray? So I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, I, here I am again. <laughs> I need your help. Show me where that money is. Immediately I heard the words, check the rubbish bin. I'm like, well, I didn't go to the rubbish bin, but I'm going to check because I'm desperate. Sure enough, I go to the rubbish bin. Where's the $50? In the rubbish bin. The other day I'm walking in the bush and my dog flicked out one of my pearl earrings. And we're in dry, dry land with a lot of leaves. And do you know it's like finding a needle in a haystack when you drop an earring? (laughs) <laughs> and we looked, we were hunting, we were moving everything where we were, could not find it. And then I stopped and I said, Holy Spirit, would you show us, shine your torchlight and show us where it is. I looked down, move a leaf and there it is under a leaf. He's good. I'm telling you, you don't want to live life without the Holy Spirit. Okay, there was this time that, um, you know, I was really struggling and couldn't let go of an offence. It was from an old past. Um, season, and it wasn't that I was still in the old past season, but I was triggered with what had happened in the past. And I was praying, and I said, God, Holy Spirit, I need you to heal this. And He said the most clear words to me He said, Claire, don't let the pain of your past steal the joy of your future. Then there was this time where I, um, someone picked a fight with me in a conversation. Like, really? And you know how it takes you by surprise? And they got hugely offended. I get hugely offended, and I'm like, how am I going to fix this? And I felt a check in my spirit. I felt the Holy Spirit said to me, just stop. And then he said to me, and I said, Lord, how do I fix this? How do I fix this? And he said, when the enemy comes and picks a fight, let me finish it. Okay. Shut my mouth, went to bed that night. You know, within two days, the whole situation was resolved, and I had to do nothing. I did not have to do any part of that. Isn't God good? Isn't his Holy Spirit amazing? This is what he has made available to us today. My sixth point. Okay, the Holy Spirit releases promise and power. In Acts 1.8 it says, now we should all know this off by heart, this one. Okay, it was a youth. The youth had this last year as their, their, their scripture. It says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, what? The Ruach HaKadosh comes upon you. And that word power is dunamis, dynamis, dynamite. Okay, dynamite, explosive power, strength. And you know what else? Power to work miracles will come upon you when the Holy Spirit comes on your life afresh. Okay, I like that. I want power. Do you? I want to see the dead raised. I want to see the blind see. I want to see what what my Bible tells me the same breath can do. But he promises, this is a promise. You know that when God speaks a promise to you, it's yours to receive. Full stop, done. Yours to receive. I like that because these same disciples, when the Spirit, when Jesus came to blow over them, these same disciples, remember they were frightened, they were behind locked doors. These same disciples find themselves in the upper room, okay, praying. 
and, and hungering. You know when that first breath came, when he blew over them? Do you think he gave them a taste of what was to come? That they kind of like, you know, like the grandkids, you taste, they don't want chocolate until the first taste. Okay, then they want more. Well, I think the Holy Spirit's the same. That if we get a taste of what the Holy Spirit tastes like, you are going to want more. So where do we find the disciples? They're in the upper room. And they're waiting for something. There is more. Jesus told them, just wait. And here they are on the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the Spirit was so overpowering, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They became the burning ones. They were filled and equipped. I bet you they didn't even need lights in that room when that happened. And the Holy Spirit inspired them to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Do you know what? Fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit is going to release power out of your life. Can you think about the last time that happened? When was the last time you had an encounter with the Holy Spirit? Think about it. It made me think. I was thinking. Because Jesus said... He said, there's, John the Baptist, sorry, John the Baptist said, there's one coming that is going to baptize you, not just in the Holy Spirit, but in fire. I need baptism of fire. Do you? When the baptism of fire comes on your light, you are never, ever the same. Do you remember when I said Hakadesh, what it meant? Holy, set apart. When you're baptized by fire, now your life is no longer your own. Now you don't just get up and say, God, what am I going to do this week? No, no, no. it's God, I'm yours for whatever you want to do this week through my life. You are set apart. And I like that. You see, when God gives you a promise, you've actually got to prepare and position yourself for the promise. I love that God said, you know what Jesus said? Wait, because the promise is going to come. Now, I don't know about you. Have you been in a waiting season? <laughs> don't you hate that word, wait? When you go to the doctors and they said, you just got to wait. Like, really? i got to wait? How long do I have to wait? That's always my question. How long do I have to wait? Like, is it five minutes? Give me some time here so I know what I'm up for because I've got to get this head mentally prepared for the wait. Now, Jesus did not tell them how long they had to wait. <laughs> but he, knew, he told them to position themselves for what was to come. Can I tell you this morning, church, that every one of you that sit in this house today, are oh, you positioning yourself for what's to come? Because what I love, I love that when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and you know how much I love prayer meetings, guess where it was? In a prayer meeting, a corporate prayer meeting, the Holy Spirit was poured out. Don't you love that? <laughs> That's just a little, you know, plug for prayer meetings. But I have to say that when you've been in a prolonged wait for God to move, or you've even lost your breath. It's so important what room you find yourself in. It's so important what voices are around your life that are speaking. Because what happens is, you see, when you wait, you can start to be like Abraham did. Go and make your promise happen and birth an Ishmael. You'll be a pain in your side for the rest of your life. Or you can wait with a group of people who's going to say to you, you know what? God is faithful. God is going to come through for you. Hang in there. Don't move. You know, stay the path. Stick with it. Don't get moved from this side to the next. Stay. His word is true. You need those voices when you're in a place of waiting. Waiting's hard. But don't underestimate the power of faithfulness, consistency, 
Keep the path. Keep doing what he told you to do. Be around your faithful friends, okay? It matters how you wait. Do you remember at the beginning, God said, and when God said Holy Spirit because he'd been brooding and fertilizing, that was where the partnership happened. So when you keep saying, but God said, but God said, even in your wait, even if it's prolonged, but God said, Holy Spirit's right there. And one of these moments is going to be explosive power. Light's going to pierce your darkness and something's going to happen. You're going to get that creative miracle. What creative miracle are you waiting for? That There's a promise attached. Okay, don't let go of that, church. So, so important. You see, that promise, sometimes we can think it's for someone else, not for me. But Acts 2 tells us what happened at Pentecost. This is, what, this is what Peter says. He said, for God's promise of the Holy Spirit is for you and your family and for all those that are yet unborn. In other words, the promise of an outpouring and a fresh move of the Holy Spirit is not just for you and I in this room, but it's for your whole family. My family needs a fresh outpouring. Does yours? And all those little grandbabies that are yet to be born. How cool is that? You see, the, the promise continues for the generations. That's why it matters where you are today. It matters because whatever comes behind you is going to be blessed by where you stand today and what you're believing into. You see, that spirit is full of power, and we've got to plug into the power, church. We've got to plug into that place of supernatural power. That's the only place you're going to get your breakthrough out of addictions, out of your issues with your family. Do you know what I would have to say for David and I being married? The glue is Jesus. We love each other. There's no doubt about that. But you know what? We're human. Okay? And the glue is Jesus. So if you want to win in life, the Holy Spirit needs to be central to your life. You need to abide in, the, in, in who Jesus is. You need to have the Word of God speaking into you. You know, I often think, um, how, God, do I activate that power? And he's spoken to me recently about pressing and I always thought it was like, oh, well, this is a hard time comes on me and I've been pressed like the olive and oil comes out after the hard time. And he said to me, you know where the pressing is, Claire? The pressing is as you press into me. That's where your anointing, that's where the Holy Spirit would be poured out in a greater measure. As when life turns a hard way, you don't go that way, but you go into him. That's where the anointing gets poured out. And I love that. I love that because this is exactly what these men did. They were weak men who became strong. Good, hey. Holy Spirit gets poured out. Peter, Peter, who denied Jesus three times, all of a sudden, Peter is preaching boldly in the same atmosphere. It was only 50 days since Jesus had died. Same Roman soldiers around, same religious, I don't know what you want to call them, but they were pretty, pretty cruel because okay, they're the ones who took Jesus to the cross. Same, same people. It was only like a month and a half later, Peter stands up boldly and starts to preach the gospel. And, and the, the crowd thinks that this whole group is drunk. It's like, you guys must be drunk. And, Jesus, and Paul says, uh-uh, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. We, weren't, we couldn't be drunk. He says, they're not drunk. This is just a fulfillment of the promise. And what does he said? The fulfillment of the promise in Joel 2, where the Holy Spirit through Joel said, I will pour out. Do you know that word pour out is gush out? Not just a little dribble. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. And I'm going to cause your sons and your daughters to prophesy. Your young men are going to dream dreams. No, no. Young men are going to see visions. And your old men are going to dream dreams from God. 
the Holy Spirit will come upon my servants, all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. Church, that's your promise today. Don't do this life with God without the Holy Spirit. What David spoke about in communion, you can go to church, you can have a lot of knowledge, but if you don't have the breath, you don't have the life flowing through you, honestly, it's dead. It's dead bones, dry bones. We need the Spirit of God. And my last point is number seven. The same breath, it carries commissioning and harvest. Remember in John, at the last part it says, just as the Father sent me, so I send you. You are on assignment. Are you saying yes to the assignment? Doesn't matter how old you are, doesn't matter how young you are, the assignment is for you. And that whole promise about power, when the Holy Spirit's power comes upon you, you will be his messengers. Do you want to be God's messenger? I do. I want to carry kingdom because I know that if I carry kingdom, when Jesus came, he was running with a baton. And that baton was hope, it was truth, it was light. And that baton said that, Anything is possible. That baton said that your whole life, the cycles you've been in can change. That baton said hope can be your portion all the days of your life. And when Jesus died, he commissioned us. When he rose and went back to heaven, he commissioned us to take his baton, to run in his lane, which means we carry his spirit, his power, same miracles, same things he did, we get to do. He wants you yes, church. Okay, he wants you yes. I love that. You see, when you carry the Spirit of God, and I've had this experience happen to me, when the Holy Spirit becomes just pouring through your life, it goes through every pore of your body, people will find you. You do not have to look for your ministry. It will find you. It will find you. What happened on that day? They said there was a sound. And crowds came. The crowd came. And Peter gets up. He preaches. What was hard becomes easy. In one day, 3,000 were added to the church. How cool is that? You know, I'm believing that's going to happen here. I'm believing that's going to happen here. The Spirit's going to be poured out. What was hard was, is going to become easy. What was weak is going to become strong because that Spirit is life. It's life. And I believe the same thing that happened at Pentecost God wants to happen for us. He says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, we have this plant at our house. And all week I've heard the words, he's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And we have this plant. If anyone's a gardener, and I'm not, but I do like this plant. And <laughs> it's called yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And what's on this plant, if you know plants, is that it's all three shades of purple. And what the Lord said to me, he said, Claire, you love revival. You read up about the revivals of old. But what I'm about to do in this next day, next new day, is something totally different. But same spirit, same breath, but it may not look the same. It's just going to be a different shade. But we still have to position ourselves, you see. So in closing, the same breath he breathed in Adam to come alive is the same breath he blew over the disciples and said, receive the Ruach HaKonesh, the Holy Spirit. The same breath that hovered over the void and darkness right at the beginning and, and, and light came into the world is the same breath that hovered over Mary and birthed the light of the, Lord, of the world. The same breath that Ezekiel prophesied over the dead bones, it transformed bones into armies, into an army. A mighty war-powering machine came out of that place as the breath was released is the same breath that he poured out in Pentecost that changed frightened weak men into bold, 
fire preaching apostles and he birthed the church through these very same men. They died, most of them died as martyrs, but they changed the world. And because of the same breath, okay, same breath, what was hard became easy, what was weak became strong, what was impossible became possible, what was dead came alive, and everything that God imagined, the Holy Spirit birthed. Has he finished? Nope. Is there more? Yes. Are you satisfied? Are you satisfied, church? I hope not because I say, do it again. Okay, I'd like the rhythm. Are they here? Wow, that's amazing. Okay. It's the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Holy Spirit. <laughs> to finish. Oh, same breath. Same breath, guys. Okay, to finish, I want to encourage you. Bill Johnson says his favorite trait of all the mighty men and women he has read about is their ability to carry the Holy Spirit. Smith Wigglesworth said, if you do not venture, you remain ordinary as long as you live. Who wants to be ordinary? Not me. If you dare the impossible, then God will abundantly do far above all you ask or think. You see, Smith Wigglesworth, he started up as a simple plumber. You know, he gave his life to God as when he was eight years old. But that wasn't the time where he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And up until most of his life, he stuttered so badly. He loved God. He went into the ministry. But he stuttered so badly that he actually called his wife the preacher because he couldn't speak. And then one day, he was so hungry for the more. He wasn't satisfied. He said, God, there's got to be more than this. And he sought God for baptism and he got powerfully baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they said, the book that I read said, after this, his stuttering tongue and weak oratory skills disappeared and he became a powerful preacher, moving in powerful, unique signs and wonders. And this is what he said, the secret for the future is living and moving in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, all things are possible to those who believe. He raised people from the dead. He moved the hand of God. Even his wife died and he raised her back from the dead. And she said, Smith, what are you doing? I don't want to come back. And she went, she died again. It's like, you know what? Imagine walking like that. <laughs> it's good, hey? Church, have we become satisfied? Have we been satisfied to come to church and sing nice songs and not experience God? You see, Daniel said, those who know their God will be strong and do mighty exploits in His name. That word know is a word in Hebrew called yada. And that means know his God experientially. Not just here, here. Have had moments of encounter with the Holy Spirit that will never ever, things will never ever be taken from you because those moments you knew that you knew that you knew that God was real. Those are what we're going for, church. That's what we're going for. You see, there's one more. His name is John G. Lake. And if anyone knows him, he was known as an apostle to Africa. Now, John G. Lake experienced what they call an electric spirit baptism. And David's, David's experienced that, haven't you, David? Powerful experience. And when he got baptised, he was doing a good work, okay, before that. But the Holy Spirit came upon him. And they said that everything he put his hand to from that moment multiplied and increased to a greater measure than ever before. He started the healing rooms. People were raised from the dead. He carried so much of the presence of God that they said the presence of God oozed out of His very pores. He goes to Africa and there's a plague in Africa and he's helping minister to all the people and a doctor comes up to him and says, John G. Lake, he says, how is this plague not getting you? And he says, he says to him, well, 
He said, I, I know that the, the key is to stay connected to the Holy Spirit. And if you will live in that place of abiding in Christ, the power of God will flow through me and it will destroy anything that comes near. Because you see, the same breath carries resurrection life, no death. And he so believed in the fully, being fully, fully immersed in the Holy Spirit that one day he had a vision in which an angel opened the Bible and pointed to the day of Pentecost. And the angel called him to inspire people to hunger for Pentecost. He said, don't let them get satisfied. Don't get comfortable, church. I don't care how old you are. Hunger for the more. There is more. God wants to pour out His Spirit. And so he said, I'm going to prove this. So he says to the doctor, go take one of those dead bodies. Take some of the foam of the plague from the dead bodies and place it all over my hand. And so he did. And he said, I'm going to prove to you what happens when you're carrying the Holy Spirit power, resurrection life. He put it under a microscope. And guess what? The plague started to die. This is the same breath. Same breath. And I believe today God wants to pour out His Spirit on you. I believe if you are hungry enough, I believe He wants to give you a fresh breath this morning. I'm going to open this, this altar this morning. Hey, and don't do it for anyone else. Don't do it for me. But if you are hungry today, if you are in this room and you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, number one, come. We're going to pray for that. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, come. If you need healing in your body, come. Because we're going to go for that place. And if you are a dry bone today, then you go, there's no breath left in me today. You come. Because we're going to pray. And we're going to believe that as we start to pray, the Holy Spirit's going to hover. And there's going to be amazing things happening. Okay, so we're going to, we're just going to, if you just stand, we're going to pray. And you just come, come when you're ready. Because I know the Holy Spirit wants to do something today. I know He wants to heal. I know He wants to deliver. And I know He wants to pour out a fresh breath. What are we singing, Mark? Oh, good one. Come on, listen. You come, church. If you're wanting prayer, you come.